Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. Today, I'm very excited to have Patty Ackerman with me. Patty is an industrial, industrial physical therapist uh, who's done incredible work across multiple organizations to help reduce injuries, predominantly by implementing uh, ergonomic programs. We'll get into a lot of the details very soon. Uh, based out of St. Louis, Missouri, Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. So, Patty, why don't we kick off by sharing a little bit about what got you into industrial stretching programs and maybe some of uh, uh, your background? Um, I'm a physical therapist, and I got into physical therapy after having gotten a degree in um, physical therapy, physical education, corporate fitness. Mm -hmm. So I was exploring trying to make workplaces healthier and happier, but I wasn't getting enough education that I needed. So then I went to physical therapy school where I got my physical therapy and my psychology degrees. And I say that every day I use my physical therapy, psychology, and injury prevention um, physical education degrees as I tried to help companies. So my first job, initially out of college, I worked in a traditional physical therapy setting to mm-hmm. start off my career. And then I saw an ad, and it said, physical therapists, would you like to work with healthy workforces, keeping them healthier, helping them try to stay out of the physical therapy clinics? <laughs> and that job was made for me. And I've been doing that for 31 years now. So as a physical therapist, as an industrial physical therapist, I spend part of my time treating injured workers and doing physical therapy, but I only do it at job sites, which allows me to use the tools of people's industry in their rehabilitation. So if somebody's a forklift operator, probably in rehabilitation will be climbing on a climbing on and off of forklifts. If somebody hmm. uses a sledgehammer throughout their normal days, we're going to be using a sledgehammer in physical therapy. So <laughs> it made me really functional-minded treating, pa- treating patients like this, which led me to what I do most of the time, which is injury prevention. Right. So, so one of the things I want to touch on is stretching programs. Uh, I've seen them being incredibly beneficial, predominantly in industries like in construction, uh, where it gets implemented, or utilities on the construction side of the utility side. Uh, but let's talk about who really needs stretching programs uh, and why it's really important to start really thinking about that as part of your safety programs. I'm glad you asked. Stretch programs are probably what I do the most with injury prevention. And people ask me who is the appropriate candidate for a stretching program. And I say anybody who has a physically demanding job, which is all Mm -hmm. of us. If somebody sits all day, that's hard on your body. So even somebody who sits all day in an office space can benefit from a stretching program. So I do stretch programs with office workers, with construction workers, people in manufacturing, public utilities, with along any kinds of jobs that people have because everybody's bodies are in harm's way. And I think stretching can help them reduce um, the discomfort that they encounter on a regular basis. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and are there some some industries that need a more? You mentioned a lot of people have um, that have a demanding job. Construction is where I've seen this the most embedded, um, but it's not the only demanding job there is. Right? There's there's demanding jobs in manufacturing and all sorts of different sectors. So, what what would trigger an organization to say, "Let's look at this"? Well, I get the phone calls when a company has an increase in musculoskeletal injuries, and mm-hmm. it might be on any body part, or when people are expressing discomfort. Maybe they're not having the injuries, but they're saying, you know what, my body's, are get- my body's getting tired throughout the workday. Sure. And that's when I usually get a call like, hey, Patty, what can you do to help us remain more comfortable both on and off the job? Yes, construction is very well known now for doing stretch programs. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons it's so well known is it's a captured workplace. So everybody starts mm-hmm. at the same place on a construction site. And so that's why it's easier there. But in manufacturing, we can have people starting in the same place too. And I do like the group stretch programs. So those are some right. of the most physically demanding, the construction sites in, uh, and manufacturing. And how does stretching really help? Uh, and what are some of the things that you should be looking for in terms of a good stretching program for a worksite? So that's a bunch of questions. So stretching, mm-hmm. how does it help? Stre- the main thing that I think stretching helps us do, it help, and this is whether you're, you know, Patty celebrating her weekend or somebody who's about to s- use a jackhammer. Stretching lets your body know you're going from a period of inactivity driving into work, laying down in bed, to activity, the physical demands of your day, without undue force. So it lets your body know, whoops, let's stop working on digestion. Let's stop Mm -hmm. working on revitalizing our cells. We need that blood flow to be working with the muscles. And it lets your body know that you're about to start doing some activity. Stretching Mm -hmm. helps benefit by improving our coordination and balance. It feels good. It increases blood flow. It can warm us up. And as studies are showing now, this is one of the things that I'm using a lot right now, stretching makes us happy. Because when you stretch, you release endorphins in your brain, and endorphins are those happy drugs in our brains. So stretching can also make you happy. And believe me, I tell everybody that they need to stretch in order to be happier. It works for me. (laughs) And one of the things where I've seen in certain organizations, some of them have really high engagement, high involvement of the workforce around stretching. And in other organizations, it's really a long haul. People don't really want to do it. It feels forced. What have you seen over the years that that gets employees first and foremost to to want to do it, to get excited about doing start or starting stretches in the morning? Well, some of the things that I found successful on getting better employee engagement is before I start a program, I ask the employees, hey, where do you feel discomfort throughout your workday? What body parts feel tired? When you get home, what hurts? Throughout the day, what hurts? And Mm -hmm. I use the information that they share with me. Maybe they say, my feet hurt. And, you know, it's, Eric, it's always surprising. The person who, the supervisor who hires me, they're like, oh, everybody's complaining about shoulders. And I'll show up there and people will say, it's my feet, it's my back. Like, it's never just one body part. And so a person will say, my feet hurt throughout the day. And based on the information that I'm getting from the workers, I'll ask them, oh, your feet hurt? Does this stretch feel good? And I'll show them a stretch. And usually it's a stretch that feels pretty good. And I'll ask them, um, I'll show them the stretch and ask them to try it. And if they report that it helps with their discomfort, 
that will be one of the stretches that we use in that company's specific stretch program. So when I come back out and show them the stretches, mm-hmm. they know that the information that I've gathered has come from the workers. Sure. They've been, they've been telling me this is where we feel discomfort. And then they've helped me determine which stretches are going to be best for that workforce. So getting employee engagement is very important. Listening to the workers is very important. Not just showing up with a canned program. I really like to do a specific mm. stretch program for that company, that shift, that group, that job title. And that's one of the things. Um, longevity is a big mystery. Mm-hmm. The enthusiasm of who they work in, of who they bring in, um, the skill set of who they bring in is, of course, important. But really, it's if it's the supervisor doesn't believe in the program, I think it's going to be really yeah. hard to get the workers to believe in the program. The workers will know if the supervisor is finding the stretch program to be an inconvenience. And what interests my boss fascinates me. We've heard that saying, and if the boss is looking at their watch the whole time that they're doing the stretching or saying, okay, it's time to stretch, let's get this over with. That's the message that the workers are going to hear. But if the supervisor goes out there and says, all right, everybody, it's time to do our stretch program. Let's, you know, let's get, let's get our day going to a good beat. And that's the message that they'll hear and they'll hear support for it. I think that's a very important point because where I've seen this work really well is the leader is jumping in, is taking part in it, is showing this is important. In some cases, that leader is leader also showing up and maybe it's even only once or twice in a week coming in, taking part in the stretch, maybe making it fun, bringing music. Um, I think that's an element I've seen over and all be critically important. Because where, as you said, where the leader doesn't show up, the leader feels as a drag, where he's not willing to check in with the team member who is not taking part in the stretch, it's likely not going to survive very long. They know what's going on. The people who are participating in the program, they know if their supervisor is getting upset with them or if the supervisor is happy with the performance that they're giving and they'll respond in kind and if it's a company that has frequently started and stopped programs the participants are going to be concerned about longevity and sometimes if it's a program if it's a company that started and stopped programs i've had the workers say how do we know they're not going to take this away from us again mm. and that's when it becomes my responsibility to say to the supervisors, they're worried about longevity. They want to perform this. They want to do the stretching, but they're worried you're going to take it away from them. And I try to get some assurances from them. And ways that we can get assurances, if they bring me, if they bring the flex and stretch instructor back to update the program, to assess the program, to encourage the program, that's one way of ensuring a little bit of longevity. Because if they want to bring the person back, that means that they believe in it. And they see if they're scheduling the person to come back in a month, they know that the program's still going to be going for a month. So it's just some of these little things that can help. Makes sense. One of the things that I'm, I'm curious, I love your comment around making it very customized to that workplace, to the type of work that people are doing, to the, the aches and pains that maybe people there are, are working or, or seeing. Uh, when you talked about even customized to a shift. I think those are important pieces. So it, it feels like our stretch. Um, any thoughts on programs that, that take it even further? Because some programs go all the way to, Patty, this is your stretch. Uh, John, this is your stretch. And it's each one's different uh, because I've definitely seen some 
some value in the whole group doing something similar? Any perspectives around which approach works best and what's a level of customization you want? This episode of the Safety Guru Podcast is brought to you by Propolo Consulting, the leading safety and safety culture advisory firm. Whether you are looking to assess your safety culture, de develop strategies to level up your safety performance, introduce human performance capabilities, re-energize your BBS program, enhance supervisory safety capabilities, or introduce unique safety leadership training and talent solutions, Propolo has you covered. Visit us at propolo.com. Well, I could make a commercial for each one of those. Mm -hmm. And obviously the one-on-one -on -one training is going to be an amazing program and you're probably going to get really good support from the participants in it. It's like, oh, they noticed that my shoulder's stiffer on the right, so they gave me a specific shoulder stretch to be doing, and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more challenging to, ma to manage. And so if management is going to get frustrated with trying to manage the specific program, that's when it could be better to do a big group program. But just making sure, sometimes I'll throw in with like, with a front of a thigh stretch. Some, some of the people can stand on one leg and hold the ankle all the way up to the foot. I mean, hold the ankle all the way up to the buttock as they stand up and others can't do that, but they might just do a little bit of a standing butt kick. Mm -hmm. because it depends on people's individual range of motion and balance. So we can offer alternatives and make it a little bit specific. So yes, individualized exercise programs are fantastic, but more challenging to manage. Makes sense. You talked about something as well that kind of uh, caught my curiosity in terms of office workers, because it definitely is, it, it's a lot of strain sitting in a, in a chair an entire day. Uh, but I've never seen an office environment do formalized stretching programs. Have you, and you know, what, what would you do to, to get people bought into this in an office context? So usually it's pretty easy. Usually if we, well, if I can get a ringleader, if I could get someone, what I need is a partner. And that partner has to be able to say, hey, everybody, it's 820, let's do our stretch time. And that's it. They, every office worker complains about having to sit for a long time, how exhausting it is. I never get up and move about. And if we custom make a stretch program for the office workers that will allow them to stretch their entire body in a few minutes in their work clothes with the group, it will probably improve morale. It will probably imp improve their range of motion. It will probably decrease their discomfort and maybe even prolong their life because prolonged sitting is hard on us. Sure. And then usually with a desk or size program, an office worker stretch program, whatever you want to call it, we will be upper extremity specific. We'll show them some stretches for their hands, wrist, forearms, and stretches that they can do while they're still sitting because sometimes they can't get up and move about. And I'll show them some stretches that they can control and do on their own. So it'll be a little bit of each. It'll be a little bit of a stretch program that they'll stand up and do as a group, which is ideal, and it's more fun, mm -hmm. and they'll get to giggle together a little bit, and some individualized one for them to be doing throughout the day. Love it. I think it's another piece where if you've got a stretching program for frontline workers in, in a field environment, in an office, in a field environment, or in a manufacturing environment, you can have a program there, but maybe you can extend that same reach to start bringing safety to people working in an office and getting them to reflect on how they sit every day. So I love that part. And how their jobs are physically demanding as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
So how do you know how effective a program like this is? What are some of the, the anecdotes, the stories that you've seen um, that, that make it successful? So I love your question because I get to talk a little bit about some of the successes I've had. The best way to measure the success of a program is when the people are performing the stretches. First off, if they're doing it every day. If I get a phone call saying, hey, we're getting sick of the stretches you're showing us, that means that they're doing them enough to be getting bored with the stretches. And that mean, I, that's the best phone call I can get. If people are saying, I feel better. I feel better for doing mm-hmm. these stretches. I love the stretch program. Hey, I've been doing those stretches every day, and it felt so good that after work I went for a walk. Well, that's a way that I know that I'm really impacting their overall health and well-being. There right. are ways that management can ensure and assess program effectiveness. Some companies go as far as to do um, measurement testing, testing people's hamstring length, shoulder range of motion at the beginning of the program and maybe six months later and seeing if they've had an actual increase in um, range of motion of these muscle of these muscle groups. So that's a way of measuring effectiveness. Some groups do auditing, and you can objectively measure – what percentage of people are doing the stretches? What percentage of the people are doing them correctly? How mm-hmm. much coaching is the leader giving? How effective and how effectively are they doing the stretches? So we can actually audit the group and the leader. But my biggest successes are the individual conversations I've had. I have a few stories from groups that I've stretched with individuals who have come talk to me and said that how a stretch program has impacted them. And if I can brag, one guy, one of my lifetime (laughs) best moments was when a guy told me that he was working at a construction site and he said that he was walking on the big rocks of the construction site and they'd been stretching for probably six months at this place. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was walking on the big rocks on the construction site, rolled his ankle and had that lightning bolt of pain in his ankle. And he said, Patty, I knew that I tore something and it hurt so bad. And I walked around and I was limping on it for about five minutes. And I was thinking to myself, oh, no, what if I can't do the sporting event that I was going to do that weekend? What if I'm really injured and I have to miss work? And he said, after five minutes, he no longer had any pain. And he said, Patty, I know it's because the the stretches that you've Hmm. shown us to help strengthen and stretch my ankle and my lower leg, that's something that previously I would have torn something that I was able to just walk off. And is that a career high for me? Yeah, it really was. <laughs> because something that I taught this guy made him realize, made him not get hurt. And wow. he attributed it to the stretch program that his employer provided. So yeah, it was a very proud mama moment. Another one that I that will stick with me forever, I had a stretch program where they were getting pretty advanced and I incorporated squats, you know, just basically going towards a sitting position and up. And I always teach people different ways of doing it because not everybody can do a squat and people kind of freak out with squats if they haven't done it before. You know, what if I can't do it safely? How am I going to do it? Oh, I know this is going to hurt. And this guy told me that he was worried about doing squats because he had knee pain and he was Mm -hmm. worried that if he did squats that it would increase his knee pain. And he said, Patty, after a month of doing squats, not only did it not increase my knee pain, I no longer have knee pain. And he knew it was from those squat exercises. Yeah, because the squat exercises were allowing him to strengthen his hip muscles. So now, not only is he not in harm's way, he's strengthening his muscles so that he can be safer. 
So it's those little things that are career highs for me, and it's a great. It makes for a wonderful brag. I have to admit, it's in my mental portfolio. <laughs> I love it, and and I think it's also an interesting piece because you talked about the endorphins that it makes people happier. It, it strikes me even if you can bring into an office environment, there's probably very few industries environments that shouldn't consider something like this, even if it's a small stretching program. It just also creates a team building activity gets energy flowing, get people more alert for the work ahead. It sounds like a very, very simple fix that obviously improves safety performance, but also has lots of other positive benefits. I think people would be more alert. I think the people who kind of like slowly walk into work, you know, if they do a seven-minute stretch program, they'll wake up doing that stretch program. And I'd rather them wake up during a stretch program rather than waking up after they're already, you know, swinging a hammer or driving a piece of mobile equipment. So, yeah, I think that that will increase their safety as well. Right. So recently I had a safety person talk to me, and he said that he thinks that his organization would benefit from a stretch program, but he's really having trouble selling it to upper management. Mm. And their injuries are high. And there's, you know, numerous reasons. And I said something, and this is, and I've been doing this for a long time, and I said something to this guy, and I said, you know, your workers have been giving their bodies to your company, and they will for their entire career. Mm-hmm. All you're asking is that your company gives them seven minutes a day. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like a pretty fair trade-off. And he was kind of blown away by that, too, but it's like, we're asking so much of our workers. They're going to give, hopefully they're going to stay with us throughout their career, retire from us. And why don't we make a tiny little investment from them so that they can feel better upon retirement? I see stretch mm-hmm. programs as a bit of a 401k for our bodies. <laughs> and if we can provide them with that time, provide them with the education, why wouldn't we? I think that's a great, great pitch um, because it's a very simple, you're just asking for seven minutes. And I could see the value even in a call center based on what you shared, right? Where you've got people that are captive for hours in an environment answering phones, but you could just get get the energy flowing, just start the day with some stretches. And it's going to make them a little bit happier. I had a um, plant manager announce once. He said, of course, we're going to let them stretch for seven minutes a day. They're going to gather on their own in the morning already. If we round them up for seven minutes, we can assess them. We can manage them. They're going to still have their conversations, but we're going to stretch. We can talk to them a little bit about the safety that's going to be happening. And as he knows, the frontline supervisors can also assess the workforce in the morning and make sure that they're walking in looking healthy, looking safe, unimpaired in any way. And it's just, you know, one of the many benefits of stretching. Definitely. So, so I really appreciate you coming in, sharing some of your thoughts, your ideas around it. Um, I definitely have seen the value, the power of it in organizations, particularly when leaders embrace it, leaders sponsor it, uh, even at very senior levels, recognizing the importance. Uh, and it doesn't sound like it's a very complicated thing necessarily to go roll out in different industries. So if somebody wants to re- get in touch with you, Patty, what's the best way for them to connect with you? My email is... Ackermap, which is A-C-K-E-R-M-A-P, as in Patty, at SSM-select.com. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for sharing 
your ideas on, on stretching programs and definitely encourage people to think about how to incorporate if you don't have a good program already in place in your organization. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Elevate your safety. Like every successful athlete, top leaders continuously invest in their safety leadership with an expert coach to boost safety performance. Begin your journey at execsafetycoach.com. Come back in two weeks for the next episode with your host, Eric McCrowski. This podcast is powered by Propolo Consulting.